You're listening to the Woman of Value podcast. You are about to hear the story of a woman who is following her dreams and passions and creating positive change in the world. Dynamic understanding of how you dance with your with your environment, with your food, with your sleep, with exercise, and how it can either really keep you from getting any diseases, or if you don't take care of yourself, it can really give you disease. You know, all of that has been really powerful for me, uh, you know, in learning and hopefully sharing with the world. Raquel Baldelamar is the founder and president of Quantis. It's an award-winning marketing and branding agency based in Santa Monica. In 2015, she decided to devote more time to changing the conversation of healthcare from sick care management to disease prevention. I love that. She co-authored the book, Sugar Crush, How to Reduce Inflammation, Reverse Nerve Damage, and Reclaim Good Health. She's also a Forbes columnist where she reports on corporate wellness, executive health, and the creative process. She's also a TV host and producer for CNN, focusing on stories related to executive health, wellness, and how travel stimulates creativity. Anything creative is something I'm going to want to hear about. And her goal is to share with audiences compelling stories that educate people on how pausing can lead to a more meaningful kind of productivity, creativity, and wellness. Welcome to the show, Raquel. Thank you, Sandy, for having me here. What does woman of value mean to you? A woman of value to me means... uh, just bringing the best version of yourself out into the world. It is, to me, uh, it's, it's being able to fulfill your potential in all ways, in emotional, uh, intellectual, spiritual, physical. And I think to me, you know, it's, it's, it's basically giving, you know, we have a very short period of time in this world. And how do we just make the most value? How do we, how do we uh, make sure we are giving the most to others and to ourselves and to our families and to our loved ones. And I try to think about that every single day. So that's what it means to me. Oh, I love that. I think that's, it's just a holistic way of looking at not only your life, but the lives of others and how we all impact each other. And it's just beautiful. I I just, I love listening to everybody's everybody's definition because they're all different. So take us to your aha woman of value moment because you are now quite successful in your life. You have created some change to get there. So tell us about that. Tell us about the steps leading up to it and the steps that led you to the empowered life you have today. So I started Quantis uh, about 16 years ago. Um, I was working for uh, an investment bank in uh, New York for J.P. Morgan, and I was just realizing, Sandy, that I wasn't using my own creative skills. I uh, was, you know, working this very, you know, high-powered, stressful job as a financial analyst for J.P. Morgan, private bank, and I, I was on this like corporate track to just live that life as a banker, you know, which on a material level was successful, but I was, you know, I was already seeing a lot of stress. I was, I was seeing how it was affecting me. And, um, I was realizing, you know, on many levels, it's just, I, I wasn't fulfilling my value, my full value by, especially, um, it, it, I felt like I was just chasing like material wealth and I wasn't really feeling like I was using my creative sort of energy. And I said, and that's when I realized like I wanted to work in a more creative field. And that's what led me to uh, 
Stark Quantis, quit JP Morgan and uh, moved back to Texas to, you know, to Stark Quantis and uh, start a marketing and branding agency. And I hired just, you know, some creative, a creative directors some graphic designers. And um, that led me to start this company. Um, you know, and in that, our, our first contract was a contract in uh, Phoenix and uh, uh, that, you know, through my work and building, you know, client accounts, I realized that, uh, you know, that the whole healthcare system was, was kind of an underserved market in terms of marketing and branding and communications. And a lot of like the companies that were, you know, that, that were in that space were all about disease management, sick care management, all the healthcare companies that, you know, that, that were kind of hiring us were, was focused on, uh, you know, it was like pharmaceuticals and it was, the, it was just disease management. And I realized early on that very few companies were kind of talking about prevention as, as management for their health. And it was all about sick care management. And once you have the disease, um, you know, that's when people hired, you know, companies like ours is to promote drugs and all these therapeutics for disease prevention. And I came across a doctor in uh, Arizona um, who was really on the forefront. His name was Richard Jacoby. He was developing, you know, he was a peripheral nerve surgeon, worked with a lot of diabetic patients. And through all of his work and surgeries and clinical studies, he was able to prove how sugar creates inflammation, how it causes um, inflammation of the nerves and whatever end organ that nerve is attached to, it creates all this disruption and problems. And, um, you know, he said to me, I have all these ideas. I have this clinical studies. Can you help me get this out into the world? And both of my grandparents ha had diabetes. Um, and it made me, you know, back in like the 1950s, they were, you know, managing their diabetes through prevention. And it kind of made me realize that, that, you know, that by taking your health into your own hands and working to manage your, you know, your health through, you know, exercise, through weight management, through eating right, like you can really prevent all multiple of diseases. And that's kind of what made me realize, like I needed to shift my mission for myself, for my company and trying to work with brands and companies that really were focused, their, their mission was focused on prevention rather than disease management. So that led me to co-author this book, Sugar Crush um, in 25th, I think like, yeah, we started in around 2012 and we, you know, it got published in 2015. Um, and we um, had, you know, we, it, it was really wonderful because it was about prevention. And it made me realize, you know, that, that we're going to spend your time, people are going to spend time and money on their health. And that it's like, at what point in your life are you going to do it? Are you going to do it early in your life when you don't have disease through exercise, through eating right, through getting sleep, through managing your stress levels, or are you going to spend it at the end of your life when you have all this disease or, you know, even in the, early, in the middle of your life when you, have, when you have disease and you haven't been taking care of yourself. So that's kind of when I changed my focus to really, you know, my personal life, my business life, how I incorporate, like, how can I focus on uh, prevention rather than disease management? And how can I work with companies and, and people who really are focused on that mission? Yeah, I love that. And I, I, and it's amazing that, you know, looking back at your own personal story of your own family history, knowing what could have been the outcome instead of just following up diabetes with lots of medications, 
and chasing this illness, which is a really insidious one, just to know what we can do with prevention. And it really speaks to my heart. I, um, my, my whole journey into alternative ways to treat ourselves and to be healthier started really when my son, who's now 29, was born. He, at four months, I was told that he needed tubes in his ears. Um, he was getting a lot oh, of ear baby. infections. So they were like, yeah, we're going to have surgery and fix this. And I, you know, something told me that was not the answer. And so I started seeking other ways to prevent his ear infections. And it got me into this whole area of study of prevention, inflammation, inflammatory agents, mm -hmm. like what was causing, nobody asked those questions, what's causing those ear infections? Because what I also found out was that a lot of times kids are getting these tubes put in and they lose hearing over time, they get scarring. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, um, so I, I've went through homeopathy and alternative medicine and took him to a chiropractor to get him aligned. I nursed him for a long time and kept him off dairy and a whole lot of different things that worked. And I ended up not only healing him, but I also switched pediatricians and found somebody who supported me. And she started stocking some herbs in her, in her, in her uh, practice. And she said to me, you know, you really understand the human body, like you have a way of understanding. And the good news is not only was my son's hearing okay, he's a musician today and he would not oh, have Oh, wow, really? That, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, and who knew at four months that this kid would have an incredible ear for music, but, taught himself like 20 instruments and has almost wow. perfect pitch, you know, and I, I, of course, didn't know that then, but I, I do, I have been such an advocate for prevention um, my whole life, really. I, I, I love, and are you, are you, um, are you, do you have any medical background? Are you a doctor or nurse? No. Or is that, do you have any training in medicine? And I think that's what I love. And that to me is part of why I also founded Quantis is to, as a consumer, I just was, I was really curious about my health and I was really curious about what, you know, can I do to make sure I maintain good healthy in my entire life? And I, and I don't have a medical background. And it made me realize that a lot of people like you and I who are care, who care about these things where we have, you know, different triggers that may us like say whether it's you know diabetes in my family or whether it's like your sons like we are at looking into the world and internet and through reading i mean that's you know there's so many people who are that way who who who, mm -hmm. who are are you know don't have this sort of medical trained background but we want to make the best choices for ourselves and our families so yeah. i think that's a big you know for me was a big passion to try to you know how do i how can i help through my you know my non-medical you know, understanding, I mean, enough to, you know, I know I'm intelligent and know I, you know, read like, how can I make the best, most informed choices to help me? And, um, and it just made me realize that, you know, health is just like your most important, like it, it's the most important wealth you have. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, you know, if, if you don't have your health, you don't have, you know, I think it's just, it's just, you're at a, you're at such a disadvantage if you don't have it. And how can you try to make sure you start off, you know, where you don't get, sick, even if you have all these sort of, uh, you know, these, these envi environmental factors or genetic factors. Um, and, you know, they're in, in the book, we have like this, you know, we, we write about how that your genes load the gun, that your environment pulls the trigger. 
and in terms of like it's you know you can have all these like gene predispositions whether it's like my diabetes or your son's you know ear but then how you use your environment like your health what you put into your body your sleep that can trigger i mean that's what really can make or break you know and, and change the course of you know your health and understanding that dynamic understanding of how you dance with your with your environment with your food with your sleep with exercise and how it can either really keep you from getting any diseases or if you don't take care of yourself it can really give you disease you know all of that has been really powerful for me uh you know in learning and hopefully sharing with the world Mm, yeah, that it's. I love these quotes. I'm, I'm taking note here. Um, health yeah. is the most important wealth we have. That's a great one. And yeah. your genes yeah. love again. Your environment pulls the trigger. I think you know we're we're in the midst of coronavirus as we tape this, and I have seen so many people falling apart during coronavirus because they're not taking care of themselves. They're eating poorly. They don't have the gym, so they're not exercising at all. And my son and I take walks every day and we, you know, we, we eat really healthy in my house. And I, I do believe that we have control over our destiny to a large extent, not everything, right? But we can change the future of, you know, of, of the genetics, um, you know, and I, I come from a family of high blood pressure, of, you know, some mental illness, of a whole bunch of fun things. And I think that when we, you know, take the time to really look at our own body and really tune in, I, I think that's part of the issue is that when we give the power over to other people to figure out what's wrong with us and then tell us what we need to do, we're not really fully in control of what we can do, right? So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think there's so much we can do to change um, not to just blindly follow what people say. That's that's really my main Absolutely. Goal Absolutely. And and being connected with yourself. Like that's a big, you know, big sort of focus that I have in just working with, you know, companies and trying to focus on, you know, what prevention means. What does prevention actually really mean? At a very at the foundational level, Sandy, to me it means like being connected with all these different sides of yourself and they all they being in balance. And, find, and how to create balance when there is imbalance. Mm. Um, and, and like, you know, at a very rudimentary level, we have a lot more sides of this. But, you know, at a very base level, we have like an intellectual side, an emotional side, a physical side, a spiritual side. And, and how do, does that all stay in balance with each other? And, where, and, and, and that's where taking your own health and, and, and seeing, you know, rather than telling, you know, listening just, to what a doctor says you should do is like, okay, listen to that. But then how do you know, what does it feel like inside of you to when you do this, you know, um, when you have, whether it's like, let's say that pint of ice cream, it might feel good initially, but then afterwards, maybe you have like your blood sugar is up and you can't sleep or it gives you, you know, makes your heart kind of race or you wait, you know, you, you, you gain weight for that and how that, what all the implications of that. So it's like, again, like finding really like your, like, you're finding that how to create balance through all these different sides of you and, and why are you making those choices maybe that maybe not be healthy, um, you know, what, you know, whatever it is, 
whether it's drinking, smoking, eating, whether it's like not, you know, using, you know, not making healthy choices for your life, but finding, you know, ways to actually like really address the underlying issue. Like to me, if that's what prevention is, and it, it's really kind of being in tune with all these different sides of yourself. Mm, there's a real mindfulness and connectivity of all the parts. I think that's, that's mm -hmm. great. Um, so let's take a step back and, and walk us through, you made it sound so easy, like you quit your job, you were making a lot of money, suddenly there's this beautiful business and you wrote a book. There were steps in between. Um, oh, I'm yeah. sure it wasn't a, a, like one even keeled, you know, forward tra trajectory that got you there. So take us through some of the some of the struggles, some of the um, some of the, the the hardships of starting a business um, and getting it to be as successful as it as it is today. Well, I've always said that to be an entrepreneur, you have to be able to dive into dark psychological waters and be a strong swimmer. You have That's to true. do both. You, you have to be able to go into those dark places emotionally, you know, and, and where there is chaos around you, there's tons of volatility and find that order out of that chaos. And that, again, you know, going back to why your health needs to be so important, why you need to be so grounded, because if you're not like in a healthy place spiritually, emotionally, uh, physically, mentally, you're not going to be able to be a successful entrepreneur. You're just not. And I think what I had to learn is, is you know, after um, I quit JP Morgan, I was, you know, starting this, uh, it was actually like right around like after the recession. I mean, in 2008, I remember um, I, you know, I moved to Phoenix you know, you know, a few, few years beforehand. And it was really hard trying to, you know, I had start, started getting some new accounts. It was really hard just, you know, building, you know, our name. We had no, you know, we had no history, no client base, no real portfolio. Um, and I remember like, you know, having to wait tables, like just to get by, just to be able to afford a $700 a month studio apartment. Uh, in Phoenix, I had to wait tables. I had to, it, it was such a humbling experience for me because I, you know, I was making, you know, close to six figures working for JP Morgan in New York, living, you know, midtown Manhattan and, you know, living this life of like this, you know, a young, successful financial analyst and to make the choice of giving all that up. I mean, it, to, to start this company, it was really hard. And then you know, and that's where I say you have to be able to be an entrepreneur. You have to be able to dive into dark psychological waters and be a strong swimmer. And that's when I realized that um, through just, you know, waiting tables at night, I, you know, during the day was building my company, uh, working to get client accounts. And where I realized the niche of healthcare was really underserved. No, there were not a lot of um, companies focus on just healthcare in terms of marketing and branding and advertising and the whole healthcare demographic. I mean, it was, it was, you know, there's so many nuances to healthcare marketing, healthcare advertising that a company had to be aware of from like HIPAA compliance to Stark laws, to understanding all of the different uh, audience groups within healthcare from consumers to physicians, to health systems, to payers, and how do you communicate messaging to all that? So I realized that there was like, by, by actually focusing and, and making a niche and, and focusing not just on all these other brands, because for, for, 
a couple of years, we were just taking any client that we would uh, like that would you know that needed to have advertising and marketing and wanted an agency. We decided to actually you know limit um, our business to just healthcare. And at the time, it was a really risky move because there you know there weren't a lot of companies, a lot of ad agencies focused on healthcare. And now there are, but like at the time there wasn't. So by doing that though. <clears throat> We made a risk. I made a calculated bet, and that's when we actually started getting some sizable accounts because we were able to focus, you know, show that we have this expertise in healthcare that other uh, marketing and branding agencies didn't. And that, and that's what helped us turn around. And then that's what, you know, we we landed some, you know, the largest OBGYN group in Arizona. Uh, we landed uh, Phoenix Children's Hospital. We landed, you know, these these, you know, we ended up doing a campaign for MD Anderson. Um, cancer center and then like all of that then led us to then you know to come out to, uh, to create an opportunity in Los Angeles and then we opened our second office in Los Angeles and uh, I've been here in LA for nine years now because of that growth but it all started from that germ of like an idea of saying okay we got to like focus our our expertise we got to focus on what we um, who we are and who what the type of clients we serve yeah, niching is such an important part of business. And I think this is where a lot of people get it wrong. Having a wide net, and I would say as a dating and relationship coach in my other practice, I see the same thing in the dating world. You have this wide net, I'll just date anybody, you know, that's how I'm going to find somebody. Mm -hmm. And you don't state your requirements and you don't narrow down. It's the same thing in business. So I, I had the same thing like when I started my business um, last first date. I didn't want to narrow on a niche. I felt like it was confining. It was a trap. You know, it just felt like, ew, I want to do everything. I want to help everybody. And without that, you really, nobody can find you. You also, you start to focus your attention on the area that you're focused in. And so you start writing about it. You start, you know, talking about it. You appear on shows about it. You appear on podcasts about it. And that's how people start to find you and trust you. So it's, mm -hmm. I, I think people tend to believe that a niche is too narrow and, they can do it all. And I've seen too many businesses where you go on a website and you're so confused about what it is that they do that you bounce off. Yeah, exactly. And you have to just like understand who is the audience that you're trying to serve. And the audience of like the healthcare audience is very different than the audience of the beauty and audience versus the entertainment audience versus the automotive audience. And you're not going to be successful, you know, trying to, you know, I think to be a jack of all trades in this world where uh, specialization is really valued. I think it's become specialization is becoming more and more valued. And uh, but also knowing how to, you know, even in a specialized area like healthcare, there's still a lot of room. There's still a lot of like this is where understanding and really getting into the details. You understand how large healthcare is and how large like the nuance is. And that's part of that specialization is that you can still be very broad in general, even in healthcare, you know, and I think that's, that's the expertise you develop as, you know, as you, as I've gotten older, I realize like there is so like healthcare so broad, like Apple is getting into the healthcare business, you know, the, uh, Philips and Samsung are actually now in the healthcare business. And uh, so, so it's very, very broad. 
And that's where, and then when you realize that and when you can kind of, you, you, you actually have this power that um, allows you to, you know, be nuanced and it really allows you to give value to someone. And then, you know, going back to like the value, you know, how can you, if you when you're specialized, you you know, you can also be specialized in general at the same time. You have to be able to kind of be a little bit in the weeds of your business, but then you, but that you also have to be able to step back and look and see how other industries are doing and what best practices you can take from other industries and how companies like tech companies, you know, are, you know, are now, um, you know, getting into the whole, you know, health world. I mean, if you, if you just saw like Google recently um, purchased Fitbit. There's a reason that Google purchased, you know, they're interested in all the data that people have on their, their sleep trackers, they're running, they're how many miles they walk, they're helping. I mean, Fitbit, you know, wasn't just some company, you know, they, they really wanted to get the data of your health. I mean, that's where they say they're in the health business and Google it's a tech company purchased Fitbit for that, for that reason. So when you can also realize just like, the landscape, look at the chessboard through your filter of whatever it is, you know, whether it's like the dating, you know, the dating world, you know, or whether it's the health world or whether it's beauty or entertainment, you're really, you know, you have some really powerful insights to make some very strategic recommendations that can help your clients, whether it's like a person or, you know, person looking for love or whether it's a business they're trying to get into a new market or whether they're trying to uh, build or equity, you know, build market share. You know, having, I think that perspective of those like specialization and general, like book specialization and being a generalist is really important. Mm -hmm. So, so important. Uh, yeah. And my, my specialty is really about boundaries and communication skills. That's, that's where I love helping people the most and especially women. Um, and so, you know, narrowing it down and being able to say no to certain clients and certain opportunities because it's going to take you away from what's really important. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I totally agree with that. I and mean, we only have like a certain amount of like energy reserves. We only oh, have yeah. a certain amount of capacity, you know, to focus on things. And it's when we, when we try to say yes to everything, and I think it's especially hard for women, you know, especially women with families um, to, to, you know, they want to, you know, if, if you're saying yes to everything or even, you know, I mean, you, you can't really focus on like the, the things that are really, really important. Um, so I think that's so important. I mean, knowing where to put your focus, your energies on has been something that I, you know, I really try to make a priority of because you can't be good at everything. You know, you have to, no. you can only be good at a, you know, handful of things. Our minds are truly like, I mean, they're like a computer. I mean, I, I, I like to say like, sometimes when I go running, I like, I call, I do like a defrag of my brain. It's kind of like, I kind of wipe my brain out, you know, when I work out and it is kind of like a defrag and because our brains can get overloaded and, uh, we cannot, we cannot focus on a lot of things. We can only focus on, you know, a handful of small things. And if you can be careful, if you're strategic and if you are, you know, really like understanding of what you're focused on, you can then do great things um, in, in your life. If you have, if you know where to focus on and really execute on that and you don't allow all these other distractions to get in your way. So, so true. And knowing your yeses and your noes is a big, big part of this. I agree. So let's talk about 
your vision for the future. What is your vision for your future, for the future of your business? What do you see? Well, I'm working on my next book. Uh, it's um, a memoir of my life growing up in Bolivia um, and just the, you know, living in, um, um, I, you know, living in what was like at the time, you know, I was a very elite family in Bolivia. We, and then my, you know, my father got involved with the Bolivian drug cartel. And um, because of that, my mother, American mother fled Bolivia because, you know, our lives were at risk. I was almost kidnapped. And, and that transformation of like living kind of like in this elite family in Bolivia with like bodyguards and maids and chauffeurs to literally growing up in food stamps in the U.S. and basically making my own American dream, you know, out of like having nothing when we came to the United States. But um, I had, you know, I was an American citizen and I, you know, through work and education, I'm able to, you know, I was able to build a, a company, two companies, and I'm, you know, living in Santa Monica now. So I like to say I'm, I'm a little, you know, I'm half Inca. I was born in this little town called Cochabamba. I like to say that I am a little Inca girl from Cochabamba, Bolivia, now in Santa Monica, living the American dream. So <laughs> I'm, a uh, great story. I'm, uh, I'm, so I'm working on that book. Uh, and I think I would like to share, you know, that I mean, as a writer, um, you know, my last book was much more about health and, you know, it, I'm not, that's very important to me, but it was also, it, it's not as personal and this is going to be much more personal. So I'm, I would like to share, um, you know, just my story and my experiences and, um, just my life, you know, share, share, share that in my next book. So I'm working on that now. Um, and um, after, um, and, you know, con I'm continuing to build Quantise. Uh, uh, we, you know, we've been blessed to now be in business for 16 years. We have some wonderful clients or, you know, we're doing some, I love the, you know, being surrounded by creative people. You know, Los Angeles has like such an incredible amount of creative talent of people who are just so talented and, you know, blessed that I can be working with them. And we also have a, uh, last year, uh, me and two other partners founded a nutraceuticals line on Amazon uh, called HPDRX, which is focused on um, uh, nutritional supplements, nutraceuticals for people, uh, you know, who are interested in building their immunity, building their cervical health. It's focused on sexual health. So we have this whole line that's, you know, um, that's doing really well on Amazon. So that's, you know, it's, it's nice to see um, us now, rather than just working with clients and just helping them build their brand, actually owning a brand and owning products and then using all of our marketing, advertising, branding, packaging, design skills to actually build our own brand. So that's where I would say my business focus will be over the next year is actually owning products, you know, rather than just working with clients and helping them build their own, their own products. Cool, you are a busy lady. Doing awesome things. That's really cool. And you have a great vision for what what leads to success. And I think that's that's wonderful. Um, so let's go into the lightning round where I'm gonna ask you a few rapid fire questions and then we're gonna wrap. Are you sure. ready? Okay. Yep. All right. I used to think I wasn't blank enough. Smart enough. I'm going to try not to ask too many questions following up. The question's supposed to be rapid fire, but I always get curious. What was the number thing, number one thing holding you back from becoming a woman of value? My own confidence. So many people can relate to that. 
what's the best advice that you can give to a woman who wants to become more empowered? That at the end of the day, no matter what your achievements are, no matter what your accomplishments are, there's nothing there if you don't have any love. Love, you, you know, you love is, you know, your health and, your, and, and having some form of love in your life um, is really the most important. Uh, I agree with you there. That's how I became a dating coach. Uh, what advice would you give to your younger self? Don't listen to other people. <laughs> listen to yourself. Follow your heart. Follow, listen to really yourself. Good advice. Um, I am going to add one that I love that Brene Brown uses on, on her podcast, and that is, what's something about you that people get wrong? They think I'm indifferent. And going back to the boundaries, you know, is that I have had to work very hard at creating boundaries, and they think that sometimes, like, like I might be indifferent to something that they you know, do or want me to do. And it's for me, it's just about like, I am very, very careful in, in the projects I choose, the um, people that I surround myself with, you know, and in what I choose to focus on. And it's not indifference, it's, it's a conscious choice. Yeah, I, I personally respect that a lot. And finally, how would you like to be remembered? As a woman that impacted a lot of people's lives in some way. Mm. I, I love it when people, you know, uh, send, you know, send me a message on Instagram. They'll, they might say, you know, I've, I've gotten, you know, several of these direct messages where people say, you know, I read your quote in this magazine article and it, I'm, I'm reading the book you told me to read or I'm doing what you said I should do. And it really, I want you to know that it really means a lot to me. And I'm, thank you. And like that, that really like just, makes my heart melt to know that, you know, all of like my struggles and my work and my experience, like I'm sharing it with people and they're in, you know, I'm, 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 I'm touching them in some way. Like that really makes me feel wonderful. And I hope I can continue to do more of that. Well, thank you so much, Raquel. You have inspired me today. I love your you, enthusiasm, Sandy. your spirit. Yeah, you're just, um, you've accomplished some great things in your life. And I can feel how excited you are to share more with the world and really create change. And I really respect that. Thank you, Sandy. I really appreciate it. And if anyone wants to um, find me on Instagram, you know, my handle is rbaldelomar. Um, and I look forward to, you know, the feedback and, you know, I look forward to sharing my journey with, with people um, who are interested in all the things I'm interested in and, and uh, you know, and uh, just continuing to, uh, to just make, you know, just, just trying to make a difference. You know, I feel like there's a, there's a quote by Picasso that says, the purpose of life is to find your gift and the meaning of life is to give your gift away. You know, I think we all are in our, you know, in our, in our own way or, you know, every person is trying to find their, their purpose in life. But then by giving your gift away, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, you're not trying to sell it. You're not making money. You're literally giving your gift away. And that brings so much joy and fulfillment. 
Yeah, I, I, Picasso is one of my favorite artists because he really explored his creative edges so much. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really speaks to me. I'm also an artist, by the way. And creativity is a big part of my soul. So you speak my language anyway. Um, oh, wonderful. So, yeah, so thank you again. If you would like to step more fully into your value, grab a free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Woman of Value on my website, thewomanofvalue.com. Just click the link at the top of the homepage. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to click the subscribe button in your listening app. And if there's something in this episode that inspired you, please share it with others. Because the more we share these inspirational stories, the more women of value we will have in this world. I'll see you next time.